A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. You're listening to Star Wars Beyond the Films, the official expanded universe podcast of StarWarsReport.com. There is a great disturbance in the force. That's right, Whistler. Welcome to episode 273 of Star Wars Beyond the Films, your Star Wars discussion podcast, your podcast of legends, as well as canon, your ticket to that galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, our episodes continue to broadcast on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes can also be found on iTunes as well as Stitcher and even on Spotify and also right on our own Twitter and Facebook pages at SWBeyondFilms. Hey, but enough about how you got here. Let's get this show started. I'm one of your hosts, the defender of the EU, the champion of the multiverse, the bipolar Star Wars fan, Mark Herleman, and with me like the bane of the Brotherhood of the Sith, the doctor of timelines and a Wookiee-sized Star Wars fan in his own right, our own Dr. Jim Lehane. Your intro denies the or belies the fact that I'm about to murder my computer. <laughs> really? Hopefully my audio is not terrible. <laughs> How are you doing? It's going nuts. (laughs) Uh, I'm doing pretty good, Jim. Doing good. Uh, You know, as I was going over what we were uh, talking about this week, I was just floored by how much I loved this story. I'm just, I'm so excited that we're hitting these. And I thought that me and Nathan had talked about these. I went back over it. No. I realized he had done them recently on the EU review before we started beyond the films. And so there were certain books that he didn't want to hit yet. And we'd come back to him later. So I was like, sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, what did I say on that? And then I'm looking through it and I'm like, wait, we never actually recorded an episode about this subject. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because I did. I really enjoyed it. I flew through this book. Um, granted, it is a short book. Um, I do, I do like the uh, the new audio recordings because they're unabridged. But the, I, I felt like the um, the narrator of them was flying. Like <laughs> I'm like, oh my word, do I have it on like normal speed? I do. He's like talking fast compared to uh, Mark Thompson. Um, <laughs> oh man, see, I, I I guess I have the older one because I think Mark Thompson did the one I was listening to. But you know. uh, no, well, I hope you don't have the older one um, because the the new one. Um, oh, I'm going to pull it up right now. It, it was the legends or the what's it called? The, when they're redoing all these legends, the books. essential. Yeah, the essential legends. Yeah, it was. Why can't I not? Uh, Jonathan Davis. Okay. So mine was 12 hours and 16 minutes long. I assume the old version was the abridged one, but I don't even know if you could find that on Audible. Yeah, I have to have the new one. I just, I, I, I guess I always attribute Mark Thompson to everything audio. I'm just like giving no one else credit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm horrible. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Davis has done a bunch of the Star Wars books, um, but not as many as Mark Thompson. Like Mark Thompson is like the go-to star wars like narrator all the main titles are him 
and then a, a lot of the a, a lot of other people do the like young adult books or the not um the off shoots of the uh the adult novels mm -hmm. hmm. interesting Here at Star Wars Beyond the Films, we ask the tough questions. Questions that have bothered you for a long time or simple ones that have perplexed you off and on. You ponder about Star Wars and so do we. This episode, we plunge into Drew Karpishian's Star Wars Darth Bane, Path of Destruction. Now, before we get too deep into spoiler territory, we'll give you a quick spoiler-free rundown. Just be sure to jump off at Tarkin's Ariads. So, you know how we do, we're going to hit these little topics like, was it any good, was it accessible, and could it be adopted into canon, and we'll of course circle back around for that once we get into the spoilers, but uh, Jim, let me kick it off to you, my man. Alright, so Darth Bane Path of Destruction, the first of the trilogy, uh, released September 26, 2006, uh, it um, basically retells the Jedi versus Sith um comic series that we covered in the last episode speaking of which uh, i do want to mention uh we did have some uh publishing issues with the jedi versus sith and when mark got it fixed i didn't get notified that it was updated it just kind of slid into my dms or <laughs> into my <laughs> podcasts um and so it, it like i mark's like i fixed it i'm like i never got a notice and i went back through the podcast and it was there and it was in the right date, but it was like two weeks back and I hadn't been listening to podcasts because I've been listening to the book. So it kind of got <laughs> it got shuffled back in. So we did do it. It is out there. Um, so, yeah, uh, this kind of retells the Jedi versus Sith. Uh, our, and I want to get into that when we get there, because I found it interesting uh, the mm -hmm. way that he did it. Um, it spans... A number of years uh, from about 1,003 BBY up to 1,000 BBY um, and ends right at the, not even the end of Jedi versus Sith. I feel like it's it's like a, just shy of the end of Jedi versus Sith, the comic series. Mm, was it? Because like, now I got to pull it out because I'm, I'm thinking about like the epilogue was like really the only mention of the characters yes. from Jedi versus Sith. Yes. And you're, you're even right. Then... You're right. Because Jedi versus Sith has its own epilogue that goes past that. So I, I could see, I could see how they did it. Like they did it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely have to get into that more because for me, that was one of the things that I was really appreciating was how both the comic and the book told the same story with different nuances and different perspectives. And yeah, while some and of the perspectives might've been missing from one versus the other, I, I, I felt like it really works. They, they were, they were complimentary of each other. And I was really surprised. It's been a very long time since I've read this book. And I was really surprised with how complimentary they were. Mm -hmm. I assumed that uh, this book would just retell that story. And it didn't didn't right. at all. Right. Um, it basically that story is a parallel story to this one. They're told they're telling the same events, but from different perspectives, different points of view. Um, the only times they really do cross are when you get Bane in the comic series 
And when you kind of think about it, it's not that much. No, it's almost like the comic is about the apprentice and the book is about the master of the rule too, when they finally get there. Kind of like origin stories in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I really enjoyed it. I, um, like you said, I, it's, I, I found, I found the book, um, riveting really. Mm -hmm. I think I've, I only had one major issue with the book. Um, mm -hmm. and I don't know if we want to go into that now or kind of when we get into the spoiler section, I'll, I'll, I'll wait on that one. We'll save it. It'd be something good. I mean, I, I think clearly we both liked it. So was it any good? I, I say absolutely. I mean, you can't land on the essential collection list of published books and not be somewhat good. Like, I mean, you're essential for a reason. Um, was it accessible? I Oh, my God. Like The story was just so, I, I think you said riveting. I mean, it, it was. Like, you jump right into Bane's character as Dessel. Uh, on the minds of what was it, Altros or or whatever it was that he started out and hating his father and just the way Drew encapsulates the characters was working for me. I absolutely love that. But the accessibility of it, 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 it felt so much like one of those perfect character stories that you get to to know why the character's doing what they're doing and why they're thinking what they're thinking. And when they're being deceiving, you almost question whether or not they're being authentic or if they're being deceitful because of how it goes. And then you go back into that character's mind and you're like, Oh man, he's been playing you the whole time. I love the way that drew did that. Now, as could this be adopted into Canon? Oh my gosh, man. I, I honestly would love to still see so many eras from legends come over, but this one I, I feel like is like a must. Like if you tooled the timeline right and placed it in just the right spot you could almost take everything out of this story and move it over especially if you took uh knights of the old republic and everything with revan and tied that to the new timeline so they still you know work together so like you could have bane being way way in the past a lot further back than originally in legends and then you could have revan even further back I, I just think that that would work so well with, with what they've got with the Sith, because that was one of the things I really loved about the story was seeing the Sith at basically the height of their power in a sense and how the rule of two comes to be like, Oh man, love this book. Yeah. It's, and it's not even the height of their power. It's um true. They're in an interesting place in the book. And I found like that's where Darth Bane comes to realize that everything that the Sith are doing is wrong, mm -hmm. and tying everything back to Revan and all the the Knights of the Old Republic stuff, which is a game that is my favorite Star Wars game still of all right. time. Um, and so yeah, it's uh, can it can it um, can it be brought in? I 100% think it can. I don't see any reason. Uh, why it couldn't just just even as it is uh, timeline wise too uh, it's because we are dealing with an era that we know the sith in canon uh take place all the sith wars and stuff take place a long time before anything in canon um bane we know is part of canon and so there's no reason why the story as it is can't be brought in mm -hmm. that's true that is true so with that We've analyzed their attack, sir, and there are spoilers. Should I have your ship standing by? Evacuate? In our moment of triumph? I think you overestimate their chances. 
consider that your spoiler warning, Beyonders and Sentience of All Ages, because here we go on another adventure beyond the films. Oh, man. Jim, let me tell you, I, I was going through this and I was reading along with the audiobook and I had it going at 1.2 speed. Um, not 1.5 because that was way too fast, but yeah. 1.2. <laughs> I thought one was too fast. Right. <laughs> I thought that was funny when you mentioned that too because I was like, man, I was like digging 1.2. But man, oh, there were times where with the audiobook, the background noises would be a little distracting or overpowering. Um, especially on ships and certain locations where there was like a, a, a hum in the background and stuff like, cause there were times where like, I'd, I'd just play it and I'd have it in my headphones. Uh, or there were other times where I had it in my, my really big party speaker and like, I'd take a shower and I'd, I'd have it blaring. And man, those scenes when that hum was in the background, it was like, just whoa, whoa, whoa. I'd looking at the speaker. Like, is the mega bass on like, damn, <laughs> but man, this book, dude, this book, is definitely it's, so much better than I ever remember it being. Yeah, I think it helps. Like if you, if you look at the like the size of this book compared to the other ones, it's short. Um, it's I think under four hundred pages. It's the audiobook is like twelve hours. It's it's a short book. It's three hundred and twenty four pages. Um, with I mean, e- you say everything. short, but I feel like it, it it's still kind of beefy, though. I mean, well, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like it is, it it's constantly moving. Um, even the the scenes that I felt were long mm-hmm. weren't actually that long. Like his um, at the beginning, the game that he was playing with the uh, with the Republic um, people. Uh, like Pazak uh, oh, was he playing? Yeah, or Pazak. So, or the, no, he's yeah, playing. Savage. Uh Yeah. So the game that he's played, it felt like that game was taking forever. Um, <laughs> is this game have a point? Let's go. Let's go. And then you realize like the game's taking so long. I'm like, this game must have a point. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I flew through the book. I, I listened, to, I finished it. I started on Friday. I finished it on Wednesday mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's just so much fun. I feel like though the best parts of the story are Darth Bane's parts well yeah 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 when we go to the parts with hoth and um well what's his name the leader of the sith khan yeah yeah um on on uh rusan it felt forced almost like it didn't feel like like you're like you need this to understand the end of the book right but it doesn't really fit very well into the story that we have about bane I, I was thinking about how Khan like almost comes out of nowhere at the end. Like it's like he's a Sith warrior that's leading a battles and you know, like everybody's heard about him. It's kinda like Harry Potter and Cedric. He's like, Oh, he's out there doing his thing, you know? And then when he finally meets him, he's like, dude, you are such a punk. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I I I, I mentioned that I had one part that I didn't like. I that wasn't that bad. The the main part that I really didn't like was the characterization of Gittany. Mm, mm. I feel like you could tell this was written by a dude. Um, like it's it's one of those like this. She as her characterization would not fly today. Right, right. Yeah, she was definitely almost Darth Talon esque in in like how she was portrayed. She was characteristically how Talon's portrayed 
in in looks on on ink yeah. and paper. <laughs> like she's she was written as sex appeal, and that mm. was her perfume tingled his nose. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm like, uh, yeah, she, we get more into her character as the book progresses, but like, it's really like every every time she's mentioned, her looks are mentioned, and I'm like, right. this I mean, is it, it, this is too much. <laughs> it, it was heavy handed, but it also did work to serve as to why Bane would fall for some of the things that he fell for throughout the story. Like, like when he knew he was going to be poisoned and then he went in three times for the kisses and then, <laughs> then realizes afterwards, like, wait a minute, this is way worse than I thought it was going to be like, <laughs> but you're like, yeah, dude, he was totally, he was totally taken over by, by looks and appeal. And he even knew it, but yet he was still like the smell of her perfume and the way she leaned against him and the hotness of her breath on his neck. I'm like, Oh, 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 yep. He is a Mary Sue. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I did like how the story though had three parts. Um, as you mentioned, you know, the first part with him in the minor world and stuff. Apatos. Second part, I looked it Ap- up. Apatos. Yeah. The second one was uh, him learning at the academy, the Sith Academy on Korriban, and then the last one is basically Jedi versus Sith. Except um, it's not. Um, right. Like it's, it's if you look totally at the audio book. The audiobook kicks in on that last part probably about five hours. We don't get to Jedi versus Sith until two hours left of the book. Mm. Or five hours left. And so it's mostly it is the Battle of Rusan and we're getting we're building up where Bane is basically done being the student. Um and now he's kind of taking taking control of his own destiny. Um and that's where we get to the the eventual Battle of Rusan. But yeah, the battle itself as seen in the comic Mm -hmm. is very, very short in this book. I thought it was a lot more. Yeah. And I think it's again, because it's told from Bane's point of view and he basically sat out the battle. So it was kind of like, you really don't want to put too much focus on it, but at the same time, like, there were certain characters that I would have liked to have seen more of. And there were characters that we actually did. Like, uh, was it Pernicar or whatever? Uh, Hoss best friend yeah. was, he, he came back as a force ghost. That wasn't in there. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, they did tone down on the xenophobic feeling of, uh, uh, Farfalla and, and the way yeah. Hoth was like, Oh, you half bossons or, you know, like they'd never even really Drew avoided that kind of description. Like there was very little in character description of that nature, but I felt like the way that the rooms and the locations that we were in with Bane, I felt like it was the way Drew wrote it. I could easily just close my eyes and, and feel like I was right there and I was with Bane. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It's just really weird because like, on one hand, I feel like, you know, the details were really good. On the other, I'm like, it, was, it could have been a little thicker handed. Well, that's a, like exactly what I was saying. It's like everything with Bane was great. It's everything not with Bane, which is probably less than 20% of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it is very piecemeal of stuff not directly with Bane. Oh, like it feels like he added it as an afterthought like it doesn't feel like it's like part of the story that's why like the characterizations don't feel the same like because they're not part of bane's story right right yeah and and i i kept going back on that as i was reading this because it was just so fresh on the heels of reading the other one whereas before 
you know, it was a gap, and I didn't go back and reread the one when I read, yeah. read the other one. Well, the comic came out in 2001, and this book came out in 2006. So if you read them as they came out and you didn't go back, you're looking at a five-year gap, and it's even mm -hmm. if you read things when they actually came out. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's I, I probably had the same, like, gap in time between the two. This is this is great. Reading them back-to-back -back like this is like, oh, I thought that they were horribly contradictory. No, no, not at all. No, it's uh, maybe think little things here and there, but uh, I think they, I thought, I felt they were awesome together. Like, right. Like Tomcat not being there doesn't impact anything. I mean, he's at Githany's death when, when that happens in the story, but yet the way it all plays out in this one, because he's not there, it, doesn't change anything he gets referenced in the epilogue when rain shows up and we find out she's Zana. but i mean really like i almost kind of wish they would have made her story a little bit longer and not just the epilogue because she came out of nowhere and i don't know like i feel like he really was taking a chance maybe maybe i guess the point of all that in the epilogue was that he at that point put a lot more faith in the fate of the force and the and being guided by the dark side because that was definitely his point of view at that time and i and i like you said when, when you're in the bane moments you have that internal thinking so you do get a lot more of those type of details about how like the sith are using the force to put up shields and stuff and to project things like that but yet like when it comes to the ships you know you get a name of the ship but you don't get any details about the ship like you know like uh um Farfalla's ship was in the comics. It looked like a floating yeah. boat. Really cool. It was just a ship. Um, so, so I, I had noticed some critiques uh, from other people that I was, I was going back over some old message boards when I was looking to see if we had covered this topic before. And, you know, and a lot of people were like, Oh man, you either love it or you hate it. And I was loving it so much that I was like, why would anyone hate it? And that was the one main detail that a lot of people that didn't like it were hung up on was the lack of details in the description of those places. And yet, even with what we got, I, it worked so well for me that my imagination just filled in the, the void, you know? Yeah, I, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't notice that um, personally, because it's more of a, a character it's definitely a character study because we're looking at basically Bane's uh, evolution um, mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. this um, physically abused uh, and mentally, yeah, physically and mentally abused minor to this ultimate Sith Lord who has decided that half of the galaxy's um, force using population needs to die. <laughs> so it's uh, um, it's it's kind of a, a, a long mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did like like con ship was called nightfall there. Uh, Bane had the Valsian. There There's a lot of cool names to the ships and stuff. I think with Bane, <clears throat> One of the things I really liked was how he took and, and gave himself that name. When we got to that point in the story, how, 
you know, his father and, and he never really referred to his father as his father. It was always by his dad's name, which at this moment is escaping me. But yeah. he was like, he's like, he always called me the bane of his existence. And so I'm going to take that, and make it my own. And, and that was such a cool moment. And then later one of his rivals used that against him. And he was like, no, 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 no one uses that against me. That's mine. That's my name. And, and I was just like, Dude, those moments were so cool in the way they played out the rivalries with everybody. I mean, when you started as a miner, he had the rivalry over the, the mining spot when his battery died and the other guy tried to claim it. Um, and the way his anger would be a propelling force. And yet there always seemed to feel like there was a shred of a decent guy in there trying to get out, you know, like, and they, they talk about it when he ordered in part two, when he's at the academy about how, like, he kills one of the students and, like, it almost totally backfires everything because he feels remorse for a moment and everybody's like oh he can't commit to the dark side and like the way that that all played out to the second part was really exciting for me and i forgot about how much brevin played into everything i remembered that he would get the holocron later and that was such a great scene when that happened but the fact that he was referenced so many times in in the uh library at the sith academy was pretty cool yeah, the um, oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. I was uh, <laughs> I was trying to find his father's name. Um, mm. yeah, I th- I think it was really cool how his force use just kind of kept building up. Um, and I I did like when we find out that his father had called him Bane yeah, at the Hurst. beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we found we found out his father called him Bane right at the beginning, like almost at the very beginning of the book. And you're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they, they didn't bother to wait to tell us. <laughs> like, the oh, that's going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. It's funny you mentioned the, the card game, though. But it, because... It's right. You're... Go ahead. I was going to say it's um, you were right. He always felt like he was trying to do good mm-hmm. and is kind of like a weird altered um like like one of those you know the a good villain is the one you can empathize with like he always felt like he was trying to do good yes. and it's like i didn't want to hurt people and like he he killed that one guy and he kind of set him back and he's like oh i realized i killed my father and it was it's i i feel it's like I don't know if I feel remorse. Like I don't understand this. And Githini's like, "Yeah, you're you're not quite um, the dark side guy I thought you were." <laughs> <laughs> right? Shunned immediately. And it's like yeah. you're the weakest link. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like looking. He's like doing all this research. He's like, "Wait a second. None of these people are dark side people that they should be." <laughs> I thought that was so cool. So I didn't pick up on a lot of that. I think I think the first time I read it, I just blazed through it. I couldn't set it down. So like and and I didn't have as much information about all of legends and everything that was going on with the Sith at that time in the background of my mind. And so as I'm going through it this time, the way that he was looking at how Khan and the Brotherhood was doing their stuff and why they weren't using the Darth title anymore and and the way Bane looked at it, right? He, you know, you you understood where Bane was coming from, but then from Githany's point of view, when she's with Khan, and from Khan's point of view, every time he's around all the Sith, he's using his Sith battle meditation on him. And I realized that 
he had been doing this the whole time. Like the whole brotherhood was basically him at the heart with the pretending that they were all equals. And it was like, man, dude, you were destined to fail from the start. Like, and the fact that for Bane, it's Revan's teachings that made him realize, okay, I've got to destroy these guys. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're diffusing the dark side across water and I need to concentrate this puppy. (laughs) Like, I, I just thought that was so cool. And then as he has that epiphany and as it goes on, when we get to the epilogue, you know, he's definitely feeling that aspect of, you know, the dark side of the force put me where I needed to be for this reason. And then at that point, he's like, it's it's to pick you. And I was like, OK, that that works, even though I would have liked to have seen her show up a little earlier in the story somewhere somehow like you didn't have to tie the cousins in. But there's a part of me that's like you could have it would have been kind of cool. But they are irrelevant to the story overall. They cover it all in the epilogue well because she mentions her cousins. She calls them out by name and even says, you know, they called me Rain, but my name is. And you're like, oh, okay. So I like the way it worked. Yeah, I I imagine I'm wondering. um, I don't remember the second book at all. And so I'm wondering how much we're going to cover her backstory when we get to that second book. That's true, because that was the thing. I kept thinking back on all three of these books as to, you know, which one was was which because of how the events in this book go through, you know, about three or four years, like you said. And then the second one, like I remember, like, you know, he gets the the uh, parasitic armor, um, builds the, the cage over his face so it doesn't, you know, the classic Bane look that we know and almost saw in the Clone Wars. Um so yep. like I remember that, and then I remember in the third one he finds a way to get it off. Um, you know, oh, spoiler warning, I guess. <laughs> but like outside of that, like I, I don't remember much because they're on the run. So I'm like, was it? I guess they must have had Jedi in the background each time. I remember in the third book that that was a big plot point was them destroying like four Sith or four Jedi that had seen them and learned that they were alive. So it was like, oh, dude, we're it's going down, man. Yeah. Like just looking at the timeline, uh, a rule of two takes place immediately after Path of Destruction. So I guess uh, I guess we'll see how much of an overlap there is, if any at all. Mm hmm. I did like the mention of the Sith, uh, Sithari. They brought that up quite a bit. Um, there quite was a bit, thought, yeah. thoughts, especially in part two. It was like, yeah, well, I mean, that was where they introduced it. I don't know if they really talked about it after the second part, honestly. Um, I, and I love the uh, because way they killed the guy who was supposed to be it. <laughs> right. Well, and I think there was only like three characters that thought it might have been Bane. You had Githany, uh, Kopek. And uh, oh, the Blade Master, what the heck was his Chasm? Kazim? Cordis? No, not Cordis. Chasm, uh, the the one that went to find oh. him on uh, on uh, the the Forgotten World or the Unknown World. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I their names just kind of mushed. <laughs> I'm like, um, Kopej or whatever is the only one who really stood out. I'm like, honestly, um, I felt like Jonathan. Jonathan Davis really liked saying his name. <laughs> That's true. Uh, honestly, though, if we hadn't read that comic so recently, I don't think I would have been able to track them very well because 
I was thinking of the picture of that of that one Twi'lek when he's sitting back and, and picking something Twi'lek, out of his teeth. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like I kept thinking of that every time it was his scene and stuff. I and I really did get a kick out of a lot of the characters that were introduced in part two. Um and the whole way when Bane went out and he and uh he goes looking in the, the Valley of the Dark Lords and he goes and finds Revan's I mean, I'm assuming it was Revan's tomb. Um that's where he finds the uh he just said he went into the first one. Was it the yeah the and it was broke and he walks in. So, so he, yeah he said he said he just walked into the first one that he found, um. But then he also went into others, but we never saw that. And he but he didn't find anything in any of them. Right. Yeah. So one of the things I liked was was how when Githany was teaching him in secrecy and he was uh, learning the techniques with Chasm. The way he would go and pretend to be weak and muling around the other people and project that. I I liked the manipulations that he was doing there and how he was going to the library and he was learning about all the old ancient secrets and stuff. Especially once he got the holocron. Like the the fact that he was writing everything down and he spent like days with the holocron just like listening to Revan go on and on. I thought that was pretty fun. Those type of lore moments are are what I live for in my old Star Wars stories. (laughs) I found him writing it down to be weird. And then when it gets to the end, the, the recording's like... And we're just going to shut it off and be burnt to a crisp. I'm like, did you know that when you went in? Like, none of the other holocrons uh, basically mission impossible themselves. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Man, so another thing that I found was different was when the thought bomb went off. The way that scene plays out in the comic has more dialogue. I honestly was a little bummed. When, When I read it in the comic, it was confusing. Right. Um, you know, Lord Hoth, uh, welcome. And then he goes, well, gone and then claps. And, you know, it took it took me a while to like figure out what the hell he was talking about. I was like, wait, oh, oh. And I was kind of wanting to hear it. But he just, he just all he says is the welcome. And, and then he they trigger the thing. I'm like, oh, damn. But it, the way that the bomb goes off when it gets to Githany makes what happens to Tomcat make a lot more sense because Tomcat was also a force user and it didn't really suck him dry, but they described that because they were further away, it wasn't in fact uh, impacting them like it was everyone else that was at ground zero. So I thought that was an interesting twist to it. I was like, Oh, okay. I can apply that to what I saw in the comic and make more sense of the comic. Yeah. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that everybody, it, it only impacted people in the caves. I thought it was, everybody on the planet um right but i guess that that doesn't make sense because bane was also on the planet but i also assume bane should be more powerful than anything um that he sets up to be against him <laughs> you know one of my favorite scenes in the book from the comic was a scene that in the comic was really lame and that was the uh, opening of the comic where we see the guy with the three kids and he kills all the kids. And he's That's like, what? A, yeah, I was going to bring that up because that in we talked about it in the comic. It's one of those like, what is this? Where did this even come right? from? <laughs> right. And Drew gave it such depth. Like, like everything we were talking about, about like, oh, he must have been drawing on the dark side. That's absolutely what he was doing. You know, he, he struck the one first and then 
fed off of the despair of each one as he killed them all one at a time. And then when he goes and finds the healer, that makes more sense because he's been looking for that specific healer. Like, oh, okay. Like that. I'm, I, I'm like, those are details I would have needed in the other one to really get more out of that. <laughs> I felt the name drop of when he's on the, he's like, I'm on some unknown planet. There just happens to be a healer here. I'm like, that felt a little forced. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, like, that felt a lot forced. <laughs> <laughs> I did like how, uh, when Penicar's uh, spirit came to Hoth and then the next day, the, uh, emissary from Farfalla's people was there in the comics that emissary was that half bird uh lady hawk type creature that we couldn't quite you know she had bird legs oh, bird yeah, yeah. wings but a human torso in the book it's just a person they don't they don't give you any details like i was like oh okay like they, they really uh, yeah, they made did. the jedi just generic <laughs> they did they didn't do with all i i feel like drew said the comic is the comic i'm not gonna touch on the comic stuff i will like talk about it when it comes up but i'm not gonna describe everything in the comic because you have the comic right and that's why i don't it know if he so actually well. did that but <laughs> <laughs> man i i tell you jim i'm looking forward to the next two I, I am actually super stoked. I mean, I, I remember good chunks of what happens with the two characters as they go forward. I had just totally forgot how little uh, Rain was in this story. Like, I, I kept waiting for her to show up, and then there'd be, like, a couple chapters, and then it was like, boom, nope, epilogue. Like, oh. No, wow, yeah, okay. technically she's not in the story at all. She's only in the epilogue. Literally only in the epilogue even the bouncers are barely in the story barely yeah. like a couple yeah. of words here or there outside of the epilogue they they show up at the very i mean in fact like i yeah i think it's like two chapters before the epilogue that they're mentioned for the first time and when we get to her point where all you know is lol is her friend like so when the jedi kill Lol, and she kills the Jedi. Like it kind of makes sense, but you didn't have that long, like Lol bringing her all across the, the place and being her companion when she lost her cousins and all that. So to really bring that rage forward. But again, that's why if you were gonna read this book, I highly recommend you go out and get find the comic, man. Read the comic too. They just they go so well together and, and the comic being the size that it is, you can read the comic, read the book, then go back into the comic again. And that's kind of what I did. Like when I got to certain characters, I'd pull the comic open and check them out and stuff and just kind of, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what he looks like. Okay. Actually, I probably would not have said, I think we even said that when we were reading the comic, you're like, yeah, you don't need to read the comic, read the book. Um, I'd be mm. interested just to go back to that episode because right now we're like both like, oh no, do it together. Um, yeah, 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 like, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't need to. That's the the beauty of the epilogue is it does tell you everything that is not told from Jedi versus Sith in this story in a very quick summary from Rain as she's telling Bane what happened to her cousins. We don't get you know the the adventure of how they got there, but we know the gist. You know, 
they're dead. She even mentions She's it. Alone. She does. She does a very quick mention of the the Jedi Master that brought her and everything. It's a very quick summary of um, everything that she that happened to her to get her to that point. Yep. I, I liked how uh, Bane's hooked lightsaber was uh, Chasm's masters that he had killed and taken from him. Um, and so, you know, that was that was kind of cool little touch to it and how they talked about how it sits in the hand and. You know, you have to kind of adjust the grip so it's not more on your fingertips, but more in the palm of your hand. Like, I thought that was kind of a slick little nuance. There was a lot of little cool nuances as it went through the story. You know, they were when they were talking about how they were fighting and, and everything and the way that they would, you know, utilize the force as they were doing what they were doing. And I loved the uh, moment where was it? uh what was the name of the main rival that he goes up against? It was the Dathomers. There was three or the Zabriks, and he goes up against three of them there at the end. But like he totally read the situation right, but really had no right to have read it right. Like he he totally didn't realize that that Githany was okay either way. She was like she was like really trying to get them to kill Bane just as much as she was trying to get Bane to kill them. <laughs> I was like, how did you know to bring yes. my lightsaber? I was like, man, you got lucky as all hell. <laughs> That's it. Um, Sirak was the uh, the uh, yes. arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. The Sithari no more. I did like how when he died, the description of that, <laughs> the cauterized stump sitting there for a second before he fell over. Like, damn! <laughs> so I like how... Like when he he first killed that uh the 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 first student in the ring, Sarah mm-hmm. Sarah comes up to him and he's like, "You're gonna feel all high and mighty about yourself, and you're gonna want to challenge me. I'm just letting you know you're gonna lose, but you're gonna do it anyway." <laughs> <laughs> he was wrong. <laughs> he's like, "I thought that was gonna be a couple weeks, man. You took forever, right?" Uh- I did like how when Hoth decides to go in to uh, confront Khan with the thought bomb, that there was more of a discussion about it. Um, it, it almost had a feeling like uh, Leonidas and his Spartans, because 99 of them and Hoth were selected to go in, not all of the Jedi. Like the rest kind of like, you know, took off. Whereas in the comic, like like you said, it was implied that the entire planet was wiped out. Uh, but there were a lot more Jedi that survived this when it was all said and done. And I'm honestly surprised that Hoth didn't get more recognition in Legends canon for being the Jedi that wiped out the Sith. Like, I mean, they, for the longest time afterwards, thought that that was what happened, that all the Sith had died during that battle. And you would have thought, like, there'd have been more statues and stuff, like more than just a planet in the Outer Rim named after him. Yeah, so I found I found that funny. Hoth's like, yeah, I'm gonna bring 99 plus me, so it's an even 100. And then when he goes in there, Khan's sitting there literally counting them. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a hundred people here. That's everybody. I know. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, and I think that was always the flaw with the Battle of Rasan was the way the thought bomb worked. Um. I mean, as as a 
implement of wiping out the Brotherhood of the Sith and causing the Sith to look like they've been wiped out, that works great. But as an implement for why in the hell would Khan use this weapon and bring every Sith at his disposal into that stupid cave? Like, I, I would be like, you know, describing it better. Like, once they start the ritual, they're committed to being in that location and he needed to have them there. Because, like, Githany, when she pulls herself away finally and, and rips herself free from the Sith meditation that Khan's doing, like, she feels all her senses come back and they're all kind of like doing like a, uh, for a lack of a better description, a Hal Hitler kind of thing where they got their hands up in the center, like, pulling all their force power into the thought bomb but it's like why not just set the trap because they talk about it being a set trap and then leave like i i don't understand why it seemed like a good idea to wipe them all out like that just doesn't seem like i I don't know maybe that's just con just mental health is the problem there it was like he just couldn't think past that i i don't know that that never sat well with me in both the comic and this as to you know why Khan thought it was a good idea. Now, why Bane masqueraded it like a birthday present and made it seem like a great idea? That sounds awesome. But how Bane sw- or how Khan swallowed what Bane was trying to shovel him never really made sense. I'm like, dude, that tastes like horse crap. I don't, <laughs> there's no sugar on this. My assumption is that Bane altered it mm. so that, like, at least like maybe not the actual thought bomb, but altered the text that he gave to Khan. So it made it seem more um, appealing and than it actually should have been. I don't know why this is a weapon to begin with. Like who, who would come up with this and go, that's a great idea. I'm going to write this down because I, nobody's going to survive this one. <laughs> right. Well, and it, it almost had a, a night sisters feel because they're, they were doing, uh, you know, a ritual, you know, and they were all chanting an incantation and it was like, you know, it, it wasn't like one of those things where like they needed to focus on moving a lever or something like that. It was just like, hey, just repeat this and, you know, it'll it's do also something. the dumbest incantation. It was the <laughs> dumbest. Like, we are Sith. We are Sith. Like, shut up. <laughs> I can't come up with something better. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is pretty... Pretty, pretty, pretty lame part of it was it was just that. Like, I just kept thinking, like, you know, this this never really made sense in the comic. And here I am at this point. And I'm also like, man, it doesn't make sense. But it's all points back to why Bane had to wipe the Brotherhood of the Sith out, you know. And when they go to that point where they're like, hey, you got to bring Bane back. Khan even does it in a way that's like for what he's espousing. We're all even, we're all equals, we're all one big, you know, giant kumbaya family of bad guys. He then takes Chasm and is like, you know, he knows he's the best swordsman he's got, but he knows he's getting restless. So he's like, hey, I'll send you to go bring, you know, Bane back, two birds, one stone. And then Bane kills him. So it's like, well, now, you know, you're trying to win against the Jedi and then you send the best swordsman off to go fight your second best swordsman. And one of them died. Like, wait a screw up an asset <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think and it was uh, a great moment where bethany even had that that epiphany where she's like bane's right Khan doesn't know what he's doing he's screwing this all up yeah the um 
Anthony was all over the freaking place. She's like, <laughs> I, 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 I get, I, I get the part of the problem was that Khan had his, um, his mesmer, uh, going and it was like blatantly obvious, like the way it was written in the book. It's like, everyone goes in like, oh, I'm not sure about your plan and leave. Yeah, this is going to be a great plan. And despite right. it being a terrible plan, um, right. <laughs> This plan's horrible, but I bought I bought what you're selling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all I'm all in despite it this not, not this is not gonna work. <laughs> right. Well, was there anything else you wanted to hit before we do our follow up? I think that's it. Um like yes, this is a, a shorter episode than the comic episode, but I feel like there's the book is fairly streamlined. It's mm-hmm. not an in-depth book because it follows like it follows bane's progression fairly fairly quickly and it's not a long book um i would definitely it's definitely on my um top star wars books it's actually the reason that i started um mapping out all the sith lords on mm-hmm. my website it was because of this book it, I, I enjoyed it so much and i got i got really into it nice now, did we cover when we were in the spoiler-free part? You'd mentioned you had a, a gripe or a complaint. Did we cut? Co- we covered that, right? Yeah, it was a, uh, it was, it was Gittany's, uh, um personality. Um, oh, okay. okay. How her yeah, seductiveness? How, uh, okay. Yeah, how she was clearly written by a man, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it just it it was it was uh, painful, painful the way that she's uh, portrayed in the book, right? Yeah, she was she was definitely uh, cliched, especially as she is horrible. Yeah, as she is one of the only women in the book, too. Right, that's true. Now that now that you mention that, there were very even in the comic there were very few. I mean, the the emissary was one, but there were very few overall. <coughs> Other than Rain, um, who's not in the book, right? Right. Hmm. All right. So with that, let's do our follow-up. Should it be brought into canon? What would need change to be adopted into canon? And what would you rate it? Uh, for me, I'm going to go, should it be brought into canon? Absolutely. What would we need to change to be adopted into canon? Nothing. I mean, you might want to bring certain aspects and lock them in like you would Thrawn. Uh, Revan and stuff. You know, we've had allusion to him. They've alluded to him being in existence. Uh, but let's like, you know, solidify that those events did happen. This event did happen. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've heard lots of people say, let's, let's bring Plagueis over. We don't have to bring the whole book over, but let's bring events from the books and characters from the books. And let's, let's grow this era, man. Oh man. I'm, I'm just digging this story so much. And I do dig the high Republic, but it's Sith light. There is no Sith in that time frame. So I want something like this. You know, Canon needs to to bring me this. <laughs> so yeah, let's bring it over, and uh, you don't need to do a lot to it. So let's do it. Yeah, I feel like they're purposely avoiding the Sith in Canon. Um, I don't know why, but I, I find it interesting right. that they are. Um, so yeah, should they be? Should it be brought in? Definitely. Uh, what do they need to change story wise? I would say nothing. Um, my main gripes stay my main gripes. I I would want um, better 
better representation uh, essentially um mm-hmm. of of the <laughs> of the non-male characters um <laughs> more of them and uh better portrayed um right uh and did you give your rating not yet so i'm trying to think like Yes, I absolutely love this book. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I do have problems with it. I think um, if this was written today, a lot of those problems would be fixed because they wouldn't um, be put into this book. Um, so I'd say I'd probably still give it like seven and a half and eight. Um, my 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 ratings, I've probably mentioned this before and I'll do it again um, as I do every time. Uh, I start at a seven and it goes up or down from there. Uh, seven being average, it doesn't wow me. It doesn't. Um, I don't hate it. Uh, six with a seven, kind of a C average. Um, I think it's a little better than C. Uh, I like. I um, kind of trying to counteract the. Oh my god, this story is great with the problems I had with it. So I, I would say average is out probably to an eight. That's that's a that's a decent one, and I like how you know you're very honest about where you land on that. Whereas me, I am just a glutton for this. I I'm a nine point nine five on this. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really like this one. Um, I mean, for me, the issues I have are are all very small. Like you know, like I would have liked to see a little bit more of Rain. I would have liked to see a couple other characters show up a little sooner in the book than they did. You know, s- small stuff like that, but. Man, what a setup. I mean, we've got two more books to go, but we are entering a new era. The Sith are no more. There is only the rule of two. The Sith are no more. Long live the Sith. (laughs) Pretty much. Hey, Rain, welcome to the dark side. Hope you live to enjoy the ride. Hope you brought a snack. Now that about wraps up this episode of Star Wars Beyond the Films. We'd like to thank you once again for hanging around with us as we ponder on sharing our fandom. Remember, you can always listen to our episodes streaming online on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division of Podcasts, at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes are also available on Stitcher as well as Spotify and even on iTunes. And as always, we encourage you to leave us a review while you're there, because uh, we haven't had one since 2022. <laughs> nobody, nobody, no, in even my my other podcast, nobody um, reviews anything. I've looked at other shows, nobody reviews anything anymore. Uh, yeah, Spotify has killed iTunes. <laughs> You can always find links to our episodes on both our Twitter and Facebook pages at SWBeyondFilms, or just type in Star Wars Beyond the Films in the search bar. But no matter how you get there, be sure to like our Facebook page. It's still the best way to interact with us. It's our own home one, if you will. Not only can you post comments to us about the show, we love interacting with you fellow fans. If you guys have any comments or uh, Legends questions or you want to comment about a past episode, you can always fire off. Email us directly at SWBeyondFilms at StarWarsFanWorks.com. Speaking of past episodes, you can find them all at www.starwarsreport.com slash beyondthefilms. And uh, lastly, before we go, we wanted to mention you, our sponsors, Audible. If you go to www.audibletrial slash starwarsreport.com slash starwarsreport, you get a free trial run of audible.com and see what they're all about. 
Our sponsors have more than 100,000 titles. You can explore the Star Wars Expanded Universe, the Canon Universe, or any genre without risk of being stuck with a book you flat out hate because Audible members can exchange any book within 12 months. That's one year, but no questions asked. So in this digital age, if you're thinking of making the switch from the page to the audiobook, Audible just might be right for you. So once again, for Star Wars Beyond the Films, this has been Mark and Whistler. And Jim. Saying thanks for listening and may the force be with you. And don't quote us the odds that the next two books will also be good. Right? Well, what are the odds that this book will make it to canon before Legends adds to its canon? Ooh. Lots of... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I, well, we did have that one comic which added to Legends canon after Legends became Le- Legends, but uh, that's, that's I think that's uh, that that was a um, they were testing the waters and they didn't like what they felt. Right, <laughs> yeah, and that was the closest we got because I mean, since that happened, we were getting digital short stories from the Old Republic. Uh, that was coming out with the online game like every year for like the first four years afterwards and then yeah then we got that comic but that was it should be happy but I'm (laughs) 